there's uh, nothing like a little amateur banjo to break the ice after a while. Um, welcome back to another episode of Bed Letter. I'm your host, Christian Ashelman, and this is the podcast where we chat a little bit about our psychohuman brains, a little bit about our loony human behavior, and a lot of bit about how it all fits together. So uh, it looks like we've made it to, what is this, episode 15 now. Kudos to those of you who have been out there and listening and tagging along in the giant hiatus that has been uh, the space between episodes 14 and 15. Uh, I appreciate all of you and the time that you have been kind enough to give me. Um, I do apologize for any background noise uh, throughout the podcast. Um, There should be very minimal, but uh, my chair is approaching its retirement age and my dog does tend to wander around the room aimlessly so only I can do only so much I can do for now but uh, I feel like we should start by addressing the elephant in the room Um, it has been roughly 10 months since the last episode Um, and not only was it the last episode but it was a part one and so not only did I leave you know, for, for a good amount of time from something I do enjoy, I uh, left it on a cl- bit of a cliffhanger, I guess you could say, not much of a cliffhanger, but a little bit of one, just uh, from, you know, part one to part two here. So um, just a small life update, I suppose, is, is in order, since a lot can change in in 10 months, and and boy has it, especially given the current circumstances in the world today. So um, it feels a little weird uh, being back, but at the same time, um, it's it's good. It feels good. So basically, I have uh, been working on a lot of different things. Um, starting back in November, I think November was the last time we, we had an episode where we we talked about the uh, first part of the road trip that I had been on for that whole first, from, from May of last year on to November. Um, just spoke on a lot of different things I thought about and was was experiencing on that that trip back then but after the after i got home from the trip after i had posted that 14th episode that uh you know part one we moved uh into kind of a new a new year here where lots of stuff has changed so i ended up moving down to the salt lake city utah area um and kind of living down there i got myself an area spot down there and i got a good job down here in salt lake doing uh working for the um, the court system, actually, the juvenile court system down here. And it's been an awesome experience so far. Still loving it, still still involved in it, and really enjoying my time there. But uh, definitely has been a lot of changes with moving to a whole new city, um, actually solidifying a place. You know, it's a little different from being on the road for months and months on end and kind of just having nowhere to go and no responsibilities and no nothing really relying on me. It was kind of, everything was up in the open. I didn't have my name on any contracts for any leases. I didn't have anything going. So, which, which, it, it, that can be a freeing experience. There's no doubt that definitely could be and was a freeing experience for me. And it was something that was required and needed for me. But, uh, you know, it came, came towards the end of the year and it came about time, you know, got a little homesick, definitely got a little, um, an idea in my head about what I wanted to do and kind of the direction I wanted to take for you know moving forward in my life and i i jumped at it i moved down to salt lake and i got a lot of friends and family down here and it's a it's been a fun experience no doubt and salt lake and utah is a great place to live so definitely happy with my decision um and there's obviously gonna be a few changes moving forward as well but uh no i just uh 
it was interesting actually. I went to I was looking at my bank statements and I noticed that I was still paying for the service that I use to host my podcast and and I, I this wasn't a new realization to me as something that I've I've known and I've left up because I was always worried if I canceled the you know the subscription or whatever then you know my the podcast episodes will be taken off of iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio and all these other things and I was worried about that. I didn't want that to happen because it's something that I've I've worked hard on in the past and and you know at times we'll continue to work hard on and and I didn't want that to just be taken down and so I was looking at my bank statements and realizing that looking at my at the podcast and realized well you know maybe maybe I should make another episode maybe I should keep it going and so in a funny turn of events here we are uh, recording the 15th episode even if we might be a little out of practice might be a little rough might be a little uh, a few more ums and a few more us than than normal but we're 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 trying. We're getting back into it a little bit. We'll see where it goes. Uh, I'm not going to commit to a week every week thing because work changes and everything's changing and stuff can get a little crazy right now. But I don't want to let things go and get dusty uh, per se. So, um, just to just to kind of you know recap, I suppose about what we talked about in the last last episode and a, and a few other things is. Um, I remember, like I said, a little rusty, but I kind of went back and was looking at the last episode uh, briefly and, and going over my notes and my journal and things like that and and uh, realized that I, you know, maybe it was a good idea to just recap a couple of those different points. And I also realized that some of these points I'm going to talk about today are things that I, uh, that they, they take a lot more than one episode to cover, I guess is what I'm I'm trying to say. So, you know, but they are themes in my life. They're themes in everybody's lives, and they're definitely reoccurring thoughts for me. And so, they're definitely things that will continue to be talked about in other episodes in the future. And they've been talked about in previous episodes as well. So, just kind of recapping what we talked about in the 14th episode. Um, at the beginning of my trip, went out on the road. Uh, you know, realized being out on the road that there is something to be said for to have an attitude of doing, an attitude of getting out there and doing something. Um, whatever it may be, whatever your whatever the thing is that you enjoy, what regardless, you know, work it could be, you know, passions, hobbies, whatever. It's an attitude of actually doing rather than an attitude of thinking. That kind of was a big reoccurring thought for me um, last year because it's really easy when you're just traveling to just kind of almost just to look at stuff and not quite, you know, not go out and and do and do and do. And it's a lot better to to do than it is to sit and twiddle your thumbs and be complacent and think, um, even though there is a place for that as well. So. We talked a bit about doing. We talked a bit about outsets. We talked about uh, being honest and aware, especially of your expectations, and setting those expectations appropriately and accordingly. Um, definitely a definitely a reoccurring thing I think about even to this day a lot. Um, we also talked a bit about communication and about the uh, about how living in one area, growing up with certain people, and and staying true and staying in that one area can sort of narrow narrow your view sometimes. So uh, I wanted to move into the next part of the trip, the next few topics, um, and some of these are actually even bigger than some of the other topics we've already talked about. At least for me, in my head, um, and we'll try to I'll try to get the meat of what I'm trying to say out without uh, taking you know insane amounts of time here. So anyway, so after the last place we left off on the trip was in uh, when I was driving out east, driving to Georgia. And uh, that was where I had the, you know, reoccurring thoughts about communication and about 
viewpoints and perception and, and narrowing viewpoints. Once I got to Georgia, this has become really one of the centerpieces for the uh, what I what, you know just how I live my life and something that I, I focus on a lot is this idea behind happiness and this idea behind you know what what creates happiness and what is happiness. Um, and I think it's it's probably a centerpiece and a reoccurring thought that most people have. I mean, it's something that everybody in the world wants is to be happy. It's it's an easy thing to say and it's an even harder thing to actually accomplish. And I think the reason behind that, uh, and I've come to realize, I think I think the reason behind that um, might be because we see happiness as uh, as a first starting point or as a as a constant thing that should be achieved, and then it, then it should always be that way. Um, and I, I don't I don't believe that happiness is like that. I don't I don't believe it's first base. I don't even know if it's second base. Um, but it's it's definitely something that is real, and it's definitely something that is to be chased. Um, this isn't to say that you can't obtain it, obviously, but it is. I think our perception of it in society as a whole, and what you know, advertising and, and media will tell us, is a little bit di- little bit different from what you know actually actual reality is when it comes to happiness. So, really, what I've come to to realize for myself, at least, is that. Uh, the precursor, there are several precursors that need to be met, boxes that need to be checked before happiness can be a reality or even somewhat of a constant. Um, and even then, it's never truly fully constant all the time. Is what you know the the sad. Not it's not even necessarily a sad reality. It's it's better to accept that as reality than it is to live in a false reality where you believe that you should be happy all the time, because then you're just going to be the complete opposite, right? So. And I think I think what this boils down to, what happiness boils down to, the first box that needs to be checked is meaning, right? Meaning needs to be obtained. Passion um, this is kind of a synonym for that, I guess you could say. But uh, meaning is really where true happiness is derived from. When you when you find something in your life that gives you that meaning, it, it could be all. I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that this could wind up as. But the dream of of sitting on the beach and sipping cocktails and sitting under the sun all day. And then you'll be happy. This is, you know, this is. I think it's a fake, a fake portrait of what of what happiness is. I think that there's something very big missing from that picture, and that's meaning, right? There's no meaning to that. There's no meaning to that situation in life. And so I think that, or I guess you could say, it's somewhat of an empty happiness, the way at least the way I see it. And, and not everybody's the same when it comes to fulfillment and meaning, and everybody's meaning can change. But meaning is the first box that I believe needs to be ticked in order for anybody to have some kind of real humanity or real, uh, real, real happiness in the end. Um, I think it provides that, that fuel for the car to run on. You know, It re- provides that, that gasoline that, that makes it go forward, makes it move, and makes it want to get up in the morning and do anything. By it, obviously, I mean you, if you're a car, I guess. <laughs> anyway, there's your metaphor, metaphor of the day. But I think that too many people think that happiness is supposed to come first. It's supposed to be home plate or it's supposed to be, I mean, first based even. And I think it's more of a more of a second or third base kind of thing. Um, I think, like I said, there's other plates that need to be ran over in order for you to, to get there. And I think that between meaning and responsibility, you're, you do a lot in checking those boxes. And that kind of leads me into the, the second thing that I, that I thought a lot about. And it's this idea of how... Achieving meaning in your life oftentimes is accompanied by some form of responsibility and how responsibility 
really, really what I'm talking about when I say responsibility is when you accept a role in society or in, in your family, with your friend, whoever it is, whatever it is, whatever situation it is, you accept a role that is bigger than yourself, right? That, that pertains to more than just you. Uh, when you when you get a pet, when you get a dog, you get an animal, whatever, a cat, doesn't matter, you accept some kind of responsibility. You're accepting a role that is, that is bigger than yourself. You now have to care for another living animal. Um, I mean, and this can be for all kinds of things. When In school, when you accept the responsibility to go to school or to have a job or to do whatever, there's oftentimes other people who are potentially relying on you or even, even a responsibility to yourself to become something within your own family to become something within within yourself to grow uh get a job or get do whatever and contribute back right so it's having accepting that that role that is um more than you more than you and it gets you out of yourself to some degree and so i think when you pair meaning with responsibility oftentimes they come hand in hand and uh in so doing it's really interesting because i heard I heard this quote from I've talked about him before I think on on the show here. It's it's uh, he's a Canadian psychologist, my favorite favorite current current psychologist probably ever. I mean this guy is brilliant. If you haven't heard him, his name is Jordan Peterson. Really great dude. He's got a lot of very uh, brilliant and interesting ideas about you know just about life and about how how people can can change and, and make the world better around them. So he's got. Um, He's got this quote, and it really has to do a lot with this uh, idea of responsibility and meaning. He says, you will know a thousand people in your life that you can have an impact on. They will also know a thousand people. That's one step from a million and two steps from a billion. And I really, you know, you think about that quote, it's very interesting. It really goes to show, you've, you know, we've always heard this, this idea that we're like seven layers of separation between anybody in the world. You know, you know somebody, you know somebody, you know somebody, on and on. Seven times from, to, to anybody in the world. Anybody. Um, and I, I really find that interesting because what it shows is that in reality, human beings are a lot more uh, networked and a lot more connected and similar than we think. Um, even when you, even when you feel alone, even when you, whatever you know, whatever you're feeling, isolation or anything like that, there's there's a lot more connectedness and similarity between humans than than we tend to think. And like legitimately, I mean, with with the, I mean the, that math right there. If you know roughly a thousand people over your lifetime that you are able to have an impact on, and they also know that, I mean, it just becomes an exponential. Um, problem i mean not problem but like math problem it's 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 insane and so what what that also shows when it comes to responsibility especially is that when you do something you shouldn't you know you make a mistake or, or not even necessarily a mistake but you do something harmful to somebody else or harmful to yourself a lot of times it's a lot worse than you think because with a thousand people that you know over your lifetime and, and, and like I said, these are people, people that you might have an impact on. So they're watching you, right? Whether or not they, they're consciously watching you. If you do something you shouldn't and they, they know about that, that, they see that, or it affects you in some way, a lot of time that can stretch out to affect them. And if they know people, I mean, it can go, like I said, spiderweb effect. But the thing, the really, the really important part is when you start to think about it the other way, 
when you do something that you should do, when you do something that's good for society, something that's good for yourself, something that's healthy for yourself, uh, a lot of times that has even far further reaching effects because um, people tend to notice that. I think it's a very interesting thing. You know, so if you if you want the world to be a better place or you want to be happier, you legitimately and mathematically have a responsibility to make it so through through the subtle and small impacts that you have on the people around you. Right? And so pairing his quote with kind of the things I was thinking about, it really kind of hit home with me. And so uh and actually it's really interesting. I saw this manifested just yesterday. Um, I was hanging out with a lot of friends. It was uh, Labor Day yesterday. We were kind of having a cookout and whatnot. And one of my friends came down from uh, a ways away he was visiting. And when he when he saw me, he complimented me. Um, it's actually funny. Right now, I, I have like zero hair. I am bald as it gets almost. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a look I've been going with just because I have a beautiful receding hairline and i kind of have just started to it's getting to the point where my hair is getting super thin and it's just you know I'm, we're just accepting what it is right so i just kind of shave it all off don't want to deal with the whole you know bald spot on the back or any of that stuff so and i've kind of just started going with that look for now but it's it's interesting i my my friend comes down and he complimented me i hadn't seen him in a while and he complimented me on how it looked and i i found myself taken aback for a moment realizing that I don't think, you know, almost hardly anyone has complimented or mentioned anything about that, you know, in, in a in a compliment sort of situation at all. I mean, I've had friends be like, you know, walk up and rub the head and stuff like that and say, oh, you know, whatever, Buddha rubbed the head, and I don't know, something like that. But I don't think I've I've received from not not that I'm expecting it in any way shape or form and I'm not angry that I haven't gotten any it's just it was an interesting situation it was an interesting uh, moment where I was like hey man you know thank you like that meant a lot to hear that from you and it's just not something that that at least I hear very often and it's not something I, th I don't think a lot of people hear stuff like that often enough um, and that was just one little thing that he did and I mean that stuck with me right that stuck with me all the way into today and I'm sure it'll stick with me for a long time to come and uh, and it was interesting because he did the same thing to my uh, one of my one of my uh, other friends that was there it was actually my cousin and he he uh, had had mentioned or commented on his new uh, beard style that he was trying to that he was going with and and the same thing happened my my cousin had said to my friend you know hey thanks wow nobody's really said anything about that and I've been wondering like if this new style is working and stuff and it was just one little compliment and it went so far with with both me and then and then my cousin as well and it, it made me realize two things first of all that that uh you know it's nice to receive compliments it's good to field those compliments and to to uh acknowledge them and be grateful for them and thankful for them but at the same time it's also it also made me realize that i haven't been doing that as much as i could be to other people as well so it's kind of a it's kind of a twofold thing um, that that really hit home with me, and I think that that comes back to that meaning and responsibility very heavily. Of if you want things to be better around you, you have an active role in trying to make that happen, and it's a lot. Your role in that might look minuscule when you look at seven point five eight billion people on this earth, but really, we're so connected that that role can have 
such reaching effects, such reaching effects. So why did I think of these things in Georgia? I, I don't know specifically why I was thinking about meaning and responsibility when I was, when I was out in Georgia living with my family uh, for, the, for the couple months that I was doing that. But uh, it, and it might have been because I, I spent a lot of time there just you know relaxing. Um, I was on the road a lot before, kind of going, going, going. And I spent a lot of time in Georgia kind of sitting idle and relaxing quite a bit and it was it was interesting maybe and it might have been that you know maybe myself and my own meaning and my own happiness was started to dip just from being a little bit idle but it also made me realize you know an inverse i think that when we have challenges and things like that and this is something i'll address in a little bit but uh, you know those are opportunities those are opportunities to look at a deeper seated issue maybe within yourself and so it might have been something like that i don't i don't know exactly what it was that made me think about those things in in georgia but it it definitely they were definitely like i said somewhat of a centerpiece and something that i still think about almost every day is am i achieving the meaning that i want to in my life am i achieving um or at least am i working towards it in some way am i am i using taking my responsibility i have to the world and to myself serious enough and am i doing something positive about it so that's just something I was thinking a bit about in Georgia. Still, like I said, reoccurring thought that I have. Uh, after I was in Georgia, the next place that I headed to was actually Key West, Florida. So further south, about as far south as you can possibly go. Um, out in the middle, in, middle of the ocean, basically, is a little island type thing. I mean, it's got roads like leading over to it, but uh, clear out there in Key West is awesome. Um, I have a, my sister was living out there at that time. So I was living with her and, and her husband and really had a good time out there. I mean, it is a different world out in Key West. If you ever have the opportunity to get out there, I would highly recommend it. Even if, even though it's a little expensive, um, but it is, it is a beautiful place and it has beautiful people in it. And even, even it is so small. I mean, everybody there knows everybody and it's, it, it was, it was a good time. It was a really good time, but it really, you see a lot of different walks of life there, and I guess, and maybe this is why I thought about my next point when I was in Key West, but I really thought a lot about human potential when I was there, and it, I was reading a book at the time. I don't even necessarily remember what book it was, um, but I, I was reading a lot about potential and about just different humans and seeing so many different walks of life because it's Key West. You see everything under the sun, and and uh, it made me realize that, and it made me think a lot about potential and how there is there is an intrinsic value to a human being um, due to this this thing that's impossible to to physically to physically like show or talk about. It's so difficult. Potential is is the complete. Uh, it's it, it's a concept that is only given to the future. I mean, it, potential fulfilled is is just something that's happening now. It's not potential anymore. It's it's real. It's manifested, right? And so it's such a hard concept to grasp when you really start to get in the nooks and crannies of of what potential really is, but it's uh I think that there that it adds, you know, to the and it kind of wraps itself back up into this attitude of doing this ad, that we talked about in the previous episode. Um because fulfilling potential never happens from just sitting and like I said earlier twiddling your thumbs. Fulfilling potential comes from the attitude of doing, which the attitude of doing leads right back into meaning and responsibility. You can't find meaning and you can't find responsibility and you can't fulfill any kind of potential without this, without this, uh, without getting up and doing something, without getting up and, um, 
whatever it is you want to do. You know, if you've been wanting to write a book or you want to, you want to do whatever it is you want to do, you know, start a business, whatever it is. I mean, there's a million different things. You know, potential is, is the, the intrinsic part of that. I think it is, it's kind of the precursor to all of this. And it's something that I think we have all, we all have the advantage of, of having. I think it's one of the most important things that we could, that we could be given that we could have is the possibility, the potential to do something great and do something that is meaningful for your life. And I think that, uh, you know, once you have potential, once you fulfill, you're fulfilling potential, once you're, once you're fulfilling meaning and, and seeing the benefits and the, you know, the harvest of that, I think that a lot of times it prompts you to look back at your life and to look or to look inward at yourself, even if for a moment and ask if this is, if what you're experiencing is honest and if it's truthful, which is kind of another point that led, that I'm, I'm leading into. And I thought a lot about in Key West is, is what I'm doing in fulfilling my potential and living my meaning is that, is it honest? Am I being honest with myself? Is this something that I honestly want? Is it something that I feel is true to me? Is, is, am I being fair to myself? Am I, you know, these are just good questions to ask yourself. And it's, it's, uh, you know, living a true life for yourself is probably one of the, one of the key factors, another box that needs to be checked in order for you to feel any kind of, any kind of everlasting or true happiness, I think. Um, but I don't know. I mean, these are these are just. I mean, they're big ideas. There's a lot more I can say about them, but I, I feel like I have to, uh, at least at least for the beginning here, I had to scratch the surface by spending a lot of time kind of just picking these things apart, and and it, it almost feels unfair on on part of my part that I you know I'm only giving giving these some of these potentials at least for these last two episodes you know a thirty minute shakedown, but. Um, you know, scratching the surface is better than nothing. And I think that scratching the surface a lot of times leads to later thought and later pondering and, and, uh, potentially journaling or just, you know, whatever question asking and, and that can get you deeper and deeper. And so if anything, um, you know, scratching the surface here can lead to a lot greater things down the road, I think. So in the end, um, one of the most important, if not honestly the most important, like one of the pinnacle centerpieces to all of this, I think, is to be grateful. Very simple, super simple. Gratitude. I mean, it is the most basic thing everybody says to have it. You don't see it all that often, I feel like, but um, I, I feel like it's one of the best things you can practice, both to yourself, to others, to to everything. Um I think that gratitude is is literally like an ego repellent. I think it is. It's really easy for uh, you know we always learn about the the id ego and the super ego and all this stuff, and it's really easy to let at at times in your life if you're not being coherent or like you're not being um, tentative to yourself and your and your emotional well being. It's really easy to uh, let your ego kind of wrap yourself up and and get caught in it. And I think that being grateful is, is legitimately an active ego repellent. I think it really helps you take yourself and just remove yourself from the equation, which it almost sounds self-serving in this sense where it's like, 
I'm going to do this for myself so that I can be better by removing myself from the equation. It's, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But when I say remove yourself from the equation, I mean you're saying this thing was happened to me or whatever it is, um, whether it's good or bad. I think that a lot of times it's really easy to be grateful for these great things that happen in your life or the good things. But I think more often than not, some of the things that we should be almost more grateful for is the challenges that we have, the challenges that we live every day, because the good things, the good things are good. They, they help you, they build you up and they make you, they help you, you know, if anything, achieve momentary happiness, sometimes longer term happiness. But I think it's the challenges and the difficulties and the struggles and the, just the real, the crap that, that shapes you, that molds you and how you react to that and whether or not you're grateful for it. And you don't have to be grateful that something happened to you, but it happened to you whether you want it or not. And so it's good to be, it's good to be aware of that and to say, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily grateful that this horrible thing happened to me. I'm just grateful for the ability I had to learn from it, I suppose you could say. There's a lot of ways you could phrase something like that, but uh, it's just something good to remember. And I think it's one of the most important things. So, but yeah, I think there's a lot more you could talk about these topics. Um, I think there's a, I have a lot of thoughts on these topics. Uh, I'm a little, you know, they weren't fully organized and perfectly placed for this episode, but I just kind of wanted to get something out there. And sometimes I feel like maybe in the past or, or when I, when I perceive, you know, bed letter, I think about the podcast and other things. I, I think about it in, terms that are maybe too exact and too perfect for myself to achieve or I think about it in terms of uh, like it needs to be edited and just right in order for it to be consumed correctly and, and I don't I feel like that's not true I feel like I feel like it's a lot like maybe uh, you know more of an unedited type thing might be even or more casual even in a sense sometimes might be more beneficial to both parties the listener and the and the the speaker i think i mean not that i edited the old episodes a million times and and really you know flushed those out and made them perfect by any means but i just feel like the way i perceive it sometimes is it's intimidating when really it's all it is is talking into a microphone about crap that you think about i don't know but on a less serious note, I'll leave you with a poem that I wrote in Oregon last year. Um, I posted this on my blog a while back. I don't know if I don't really keep up with my blog that often anymore. I'm super inconsistent with it. But I posted it on there. You might have read it. You might not. If you haven't, it's not serious by any means. But it's something that makes me laugh when I think about it because it brings back the exact thing. So here it is. Poem is called On Strawberry Muffins. I ate a strawberry muffin that was so dense it seemed to fill my shoes with every teething bite, thick and grainy as if to chew on memory foam, chomping and mulling into paste between my gums. I ate a strawberry muffin plastered with leaves of crimson, skin curled up round edges slashing the bread in berry red blood sweet and tart dripping oozing across rose petal pockets fleeks of orange zest squirm buds to sour cheeks i ate a strawberry muffin a fusion i hadn't tried 
I found I much prefer them as strawberries and muffins than blended in a baker's tie. So there's a poem that I wrote that's funny to me. Maybe you think it's silly, maybe not. I don't really care, but I enjoy it, and I hope you did too. But all right, I think that's where we're probably going to wrap up this episode. Um, I think it'd be fun to have more... Uh, like I said, casual stuff on. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm learning vigorously. Not vigorously, I guess you could say. But I'll, I've. I've found a new passion in playing banjo. I've wanted one for years and years and years and years. Never really been in the financial position to get the kind that I wanted until now, and I got one a couple months ago. And so I'm kind of, kind of having fun on it. It's a really good time. It's one of my favorite pastimes right now. Um, but uh, yeah, that's why I'm gonna wrap this one up. You know, if you enjoyed listening, be sure to you know follow the the podcast if you want, whatever platform you that you prefer. It's on a whole bunch of different ones, and uh, you know, thank you so much for tuning in. I, I truly, I truly appreciate it. I really do. Um, and I, you know, it's been it's been a while. It's been a, it's been a long while, long ten months. Lots of change. Lots of lots of things happening in the world right now that are pretty wild. Pretty wild. But you know, that's that's it. That's the world. That's 2020. So thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate it. I hope you guys have an awesome week, and I'll see you next time on Bed Letter. Bed Letter.